Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feel good. First, what's that game? Is that technically a game winner? First one. But, uh, Question. All right, here we go. Smart. Looking. Looking for Tatum. Gets it in. Tatum takes it. Makes it. Edwards says, I am hot. Oh, man. Right away, Walker goes baseline, sends it back out to Smart. He'll try a three. Got it! Marcus Smart is so good. Marcus Smart is so good. Smart, same spot, same result. Haywood again comes away with it on the run. Bounce pass, Tato! Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brittle Gash. Thank you very much for joining us. Also joining us, we've got the full squad today, starting with Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, man? Good, dude. I'm good. You know what I realized? I don't think it's possible, but we need to have some sort of audible version of like the player intros that they have for the Celtics, and they all <laughs> run down the line and like sort of jump into each other and stuff. How do we do that audibly? Maybe we'll figure that out like off air <laughs> and, and run it back later. But we've got to get I'm five, good, five good, people overall. on the pod first, and then then uh, we should definitely sort that out. That's true. Maybe five <laughs> minimum to start with. That's fine. That's fine. And joining us, of course, over there in beautiful New Zealand, Joe, aka Nosegrows McFly. Joe, I hope the impending Australia New Zealand cricket battle hasn't tainted your view of us, your Aussie pals. No, it hasn't. I think we're feeling good. You know, we've just knocked over England. Um, we're looking at a, a grassy, grassy MCG pitch, so we're very hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking it up, hoping to like find some way to give you some shit leading into this pod, and the first thing I saw was the Aussie underdogs was the headline going oh, into this, uh, oh, this series. I'm not used, I'm not used to that against uh, you know against New Zealand. We're usually the powerhouse in these uh, these series, uh, rugby aside. So that, I was uh, really putting my corner there a little that's bit. That's a bit too far. That's a bit too far. <laughs> Underdogs, classic <laughs> Aussie mind games. Now yeah. we're good. So when we, when we pull out the win, it, you know it looks great. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you need that. You need that. Australian cricket's just been starved for success over the years. Very quickly, guys, if you do want to get in touch, and we encourage you to do so, the best way is just to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode, or you can find us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. Well then, coming off the Geno against the Nuggets. The Celtics took care of the Cavaliers today, 110-88. to 88. 
The caveat there, no pun intended, is that <laughs> sure, sure. it was, what in fact, the Cavs. <laughs> Very much intended. <laughs> uh, look, it was, in fact, the Cavs, so, you know, take this one with a grain of salt. Guys, we're going to talk about the game. We've got some points that we want to touch on along the way, and it feels right to start with his Royal Highness, Gordon Hayward. Did Gordo meet your expectations with his first game back? He met my tempered expectations, sure. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting a good share of rust and, and whatnot, but I think seven from the seven from ten from the field doesn't scream rust to me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, look, it was it was good. It was good to see him back. Um, I, I feel great. I would love to see him the full squad there with Smart and uh, Time Lord as well. But um, no, I, I really like what I saw from him. Yeah, I wonder when we will actually get a full squad. It just sort of doesn't seem to be it's never happens. The, right? the playoffs, oh, yeah. the playoffs, ideally. Um, I mean, for me, Hayward, I'll feel really good about him when he's getting to the free throw line a lot. I think that was sort of a feature of his game. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it, it's a bit hard because there's a sort of a preseason vibe to playing the Cavs and teams like that right now. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, we saw that basically you know? the whole game. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you're sort of like, uh, well, you know, it's only preseason. That's sort of, you know, sort of adding caveats to steal your pun in turn. You have to add them Love quite it. liberally, don't you? Um, <laughs> but I, I, I was, yeah, look, I mean, it's great to see him back. That's the main thing. I wonder if when the Celtics said that they had every intention of running Gordon Hayward through practice, if they literally just meant the Cavs game, because that's kind of what it felt like <laughs> for all four quarters. Yeah, it was maybe. pretty brutal for the Cavs. Yeah. And like, we were having a little discussion you know, uh, I think it was around about the third quarter when they made their run and you were kind of saying, you know, this team needs to have a, a step on the throat mentality. Yeah. And you're, you're right. Yeah. But also it kind of, it kind of felt like they needed to take some mercy and release the pressure on the, on the Cavs throat a little bit. Cause it was pretty brutal, very decisive. And it's, it's easy to sort of want to walk away from a game like this and just touting the Celtics as like the team and everyone looked amazing and there were very few flaws other than allowing Tristan Thompson all of the second chance points. Um, but look, it's the Cavs, you know, and aside from Tristan Thompson's rebounding and a bit of Kevin Love, um, you know, they've got fuck all going for them, let's be honest. So, um, But yeah, Gordon Hayward, he, he did not appear to have lost a step. Uh, I think you said earlier... Jackson or Joe, I already forget. 7-10 from the field, 14 points, 4 assists, 5 boards. Very efficient. He, he did get to, obviously didn't get to the free throw line, but he did have a, a couple of nice drives. His shot was falling. Um, we only have one other instance, really, of Hayward coming back from an injury, and this is by far the the best version we've seen so far, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, it's been slightly better, a slightly better performance than all of last year put together, I'd say. Um, yeah. As for the free throw thing, I completely agree. Um, getting to the line, it would be fantastic things to add back to his game. But um, the whole team, the whole Celtics went to the line eight times, eight whole times in the entire game. Mm. So um, that was definitely, I think, a, um, a team... Um, floor or plan i don't think it was a plan at all but um yeah i would have liked to have seen more of that but if we did shit it could have been like yeah we could have had end up beating them by about 60 or so i i sort of one of the things i worry about a little bit and and by and large i'm not really worrying because this season if you recall back to the start um i think we were i hope i'm not putting words into people's mouths here but i feel like we all felt like we were playing a little bit with house money you know like we had a reasonable expectation that the team would be good, but no expe- expectation that the team would be, you know, playing, you know, 
seven fifty basketball through through two and a half yeah, through one and a half months, right? So it's the team's exceeded expectations to date. So I shouldn't. I don't want to like bang on about the things that aren't quite right, but I do wish sometimes we just brought a little more force to the game. And sometimes we've dug ourselves out of those, you know, like the next game. We uh, we really dug ourselves out of it with just a bit of force, you know. And I don't yeah. like it when we sort of have traits of a soft playing team, like low free throws attempted and low um, and, and on high um, or low re- defensive rebounding percentages. Does that make sense? You know what, you know what Joe? Yeah. The, 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 when, I remember the moment you said it in the um, in the in our chat when we were watching the game. I was like in the midst of that 17-1 run. I remember having the same thought that you just like said then, like expectations where they were two months ago to where they are now. You know, I don't feel like being overly critical of this team. I was almost saying like, relax, it's the Cavs. We're at home. It's going to be fine. But the more I think about it, like my expectations have shifted Mm. based on what we've seen from the team so far. Like we're we're legitimately a a very, very good team, I think. Mm. Um, So, and then when you see the likes of the Bucks handing out like 50, 40 point um, defeats to shit teams, the same as as the Mavs and the Lakers are definitely capable of it as well. Like, I feel like we really need to be... um, really yeah hammering not taking any mercy on teams particularly the Cavs at home and winning by 30 so again don't want to you're right don't want to like you know scrutinize a you know a lazy 22 point win at home but I would have loved to have seen a bigger win I really would have yeah it's it, it, it is I mean this is probably a little bit of a sidebar I mean there's a lot of massive blowouts these days in the NBA yeah is it, there's a lot. I don't ever remember. It feels like there's a 50 point win like every night right now. I, there's a lot of I really, wrong? really bad teams and a lot of really, really, really good teams. teams. So it's probably a really oversimplifying your point because you, you, you are right. But I feel like, you know, a team on either end of the spectrum come up against one another and you, you're going to see that. There's a lot of talent and then there's a lot of, I don't know, lack yeah. of talent. To me, it feels like you've got Giannis who dominates, you've got Luca who dominates, you've got Harden who dominates, and you've got AD LeBron who dominates. And that's where most of the blowouts are really coming from. It's these like one or two players who are just like really just like, you know, blowing teams out. I don't think we're geared that way. We seem to like just, you know, we share the ball, we move it around. So I wonder if that inherently takes away the that no mercy edge. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah perhaps I wonder whether just maybe just so many more three point shots and you know you get a, com- a confluence of one team being hot and one team being cold you're going to get a, a a bigger variance in the in the scoreline um, and maybe that means like these sort of average point differentials which has always been a pretty reliable indicator maybe they become you know of how quality a team is maybe it's becoming slightly less quality like I think Dallas is good I don't think they're anywhere near as good as we are um I know they've beaten some teams, but you know, like I'm like, nah, Dallas isn't on that level, and they're playing. They're like, you know, they've got like a plus ten differential, uh, and that feels a little fool's goldy to me right now. Um, it's it's hard to place. Like, where do you think we are in the league? Well, if you look at the power rankings that came out, I think they had. I mean, you know, not that you can really trust ESPN's take on anything, but they had <laughs> bumped us right up to fourth, and like that is indicative of something, Generous. right? Like, but for ESPN, who usually, like, they want teams with the big names 
in their articles, right? Like they're, they're all about search engine optimization and being able to, you know, report on names that are commonly yeah, searched players. for by fans. And, you know, as much as I love all the guys on that team, like we don't really have any of those players. And for them to rank us fourth, I think is indicative of something. <laughs> I think I'd say based on the regular season, we should be third. And mm. I'd say basing that purely off the record, I think. But, I mean, we went toe-to-toe with the Clippers and I got a lot of crappy calls that everyone seems to yeah, agree on. we should have won that game. We deserve to win that game. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. We've, we've, we've been one of the three teams to beat the Bucs yeah. in a comeback. Um, yeah, like, I, I've, I, I can't wait for the Lakers game. Holy shit, that's going to be incredible. But, um, yeah, I mean, based on what I've seen so far, I, I would be confident going up against any team on any given night. Um, but I think we could be outmuscled by the Lakers and potentially Giannis but over the course of a seven-game series. So I don't know. I'm going to stick with third. Joe, where do you think we're at? Like, ranking us against all the other 29 teams in the league. Yeah. Where are you at with that? Um, well, if you think of tiers, you know, like, tiers is quite a good way to put it. I think we're very solidly in the second tier, if you say the Lakers and the Bucks. Uh, and uh, I hate to say it, but probably the Clippers are probably the, the real top tier teams. Mm. Um, I think we're really firmly in the second tier, knocking on the door in the first. I sort of, I don't, I'm not a real believer in what Miami's done, but I'm a big believer in Toronto. I think Toronto is really, really, really good, and um, and I, 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 I'm so impressed with them. And secretly, like, I have to confess to kind of cheering for them. Like, if I see Toronto <laughs> up against the Lakers, I'm like, knock those purple and yellow bastards off you dinosaurs you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean admittedly i feel that way about all lakers opponents uh (laughs) even philadelphia you know like lakers that's uh you know public enemy number one as far as we're concerned so but yeah i I feel you Uh, the 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 raptors are a fun team and and with Kawhi gone now there's this sort of organic build about them that's kind of fun like they've got a lot of Mm. uh you know, long-time members, I suppose, and yeah. a lot of organic growth in terms of people they've drafted and, and developed quite well. Yeah. Probably very similar to the Celtics, I suppose. Definitely. Like no, and no one mentions they're the reigning champions, hey? Like yeah. it, it, it hardly ever gets thrown around. Yeah. Well, it's, it's they, they are, yeah. but like, kind of like the Warriors, like it doesn't feel like it. Sure, they're the reigning champions, but they, they you know, if this is a shitty analogy, but if, if they're a human body, like they lost their torso, right? So their arms <laughs> and their legs. <laughs> And the head don't matter because the things that connect them all—it's gone, right? They have to—they have to redevelop their torso. The torsoless Toronto Raptors. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of flailing wings. Come on. If anything, Nick Nurse so is, their, is their torso now. I think if you lose your torso, I mean, haven't hasn't your torso just lost every appendage? Yet? <laughs> You know, it's like a chicken or the egg. <laughs> unless, you've re- unless you've replaced it with a less a less efficient version of the torso you once had. <laughs> well, it turn- and it yeah. turns out though that you know Pascal Siakam is is the bionic man. It's you know, the torso. They, they replaced the torso. <laughs> they built it. They rebuilt it even better. To see oh, 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 spicy P, isn't it? We got to push the torso spicy on pee. someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've exceeded our Raptors quota for for the decade. Uh, but it's good. It's good. Uh, where were we? Oh, where where are we? I think we. I put. I think we're fourth. I think we're fourth. I think we're the fourth best team. And but I'm really excited to see what happens against Philly. Really, really excited. I have a mm. sneaky suspicion we're actually quite a lot better than them now. Mm. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We've got a few points to hit on, but we're, we're, we're kind of getting to that sort of like the quarterly report, right? For the Celtics was Quarterly something we wanted report. to touch on. Yeah, that's something we wanted to touch on for this episode and we're basically there. So we should talk about it. And the thing that stands out to me is, uh, Joe, you in particular, you always talk about a 20 game sample size. Like we should, we should withhold a lot of our takes and opinions until at least there's a, a solid enough sample size. But the thing is, is Gordon Hayward is, has been missing for the majority of those 20 games uh canter not that he matters nearly as much as hayward was out for a while jalen brown was out for a little bit and we we certainly don't have a, a huge sample size of our full complement and even today the time lord and marcus smart are missing and yet like a lot of people yourself included are ranking us fourth of all teams do you do you not foresee in with another 20 games of sample size with our full complement the potential for us to to climb into that first tier because you know what we have seen with this this full complement, which is a very small sample size, like they've been fucking great. Like, do you, do you not see them being that for an extended period of time? Well, I mean, I guess I'd answer the question by asking another question. Like, do you see this team as having a a flaw, a fatal flaw that maybe isn't apparent in some other teams? Like, are there, are there other teams that just don't really have holes? I don't know. What do you think, Jackson? I think every team has holes, definitely. Um, it's just a matter of how you exploit that over the course of a seven-game series. I know we're talking about, like, purely playoffs here, but that's what it's going to come down to. I still don't know how we can go... Um, I, don't, I still don't know how you overpower Giannis in his current form and just the Bucks in general over seven games, but... We've we've shown once we can beat them. So I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I wouldn't be you know scared of the Bucks, so to speak. That's not true. I would be you know scared of them. But I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But basically, yeah, no, I think there are plenty of teams out there that have holes, and I would probably put us level or like in that same realm of you know really good, but needs X Y Z to be like truly up there. I think it maybe you know the Lakers on how they're playing alone is probably putting them in the number one spot, and then you've got Giannis carrying the Bucks. But then that next tier down, I just yeah, I don't see us as any better or any worse than probably the Clippers or maybe even the Rockets on their day, but the Rockets are way more flawed than us. So. Oh, the Rockets are, Rockets, yeah, Rockets are yeah. Swiss cheese. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what about you, Ben? Like, I, I, I can't think of a team off the top of my head that is flawless. I, you know, even the Clippers, the Lakers, certainly the Bucks, and definitely the Sixers. I mean, we really exposed the Nuggets floors the other day, didn't we? Shout out to my mate Dice. <laughs> who, that, was just, that was a dog's breakfast of a game by the Nuggets. Um, I, I can't think of a team off the top of my head that has like more floors than us, for example. I think we all know our floor. It's really at the five spot. Yeah, we're and the yet, most familiar with them. Like Danny T has been fantastic. And we saw it with Tristan Thompson today. You know, like there's, there's certainly a, a style of big man that we just don't have an answer for. But yeah, we we were missing smart. We were, we were missing uh, <laughs> yeah, our, our best five man defender. We were missing the time lord, um, and I think it goes back to that lack of sample size of our full complement. We're just as flawless as any other top tier team, and we're just as flawed as any other top tier team. In my in my opinion, my possibly very biased opinion. So I I, I do disagree with with you boys. I, I mean, you might every, say every that. team can be beaten. <laughs> every team can be beaten. Um, but when I sort of cast my eye over the top teams, I, I, I 
don't regard that. I regard the Lakers as having some some flaws, but they also have LeBron um, and Anthony Davis, and it does help paper over a lot of things. I don't think the Bucks really have a lot of holes. Um, I don't think I'm a, like the Clippers do not have any holes. They do not. <laughs> they really don't. They they have maybe a health problem, but that's not a a flaw in the construction of the team. And I look at the Raptors, and I think that's a really complete team. So I look at those three teams, and I'd, and I'd say if I was to, you know, just play the odds, anything can happen, which is awesome as a fan, right? Like the, things can totally happen. But but I look at those teams as being more complete, and I guess I'd favour them to win out against us. Um, or if you if I had to say, okay, who's gonna who's gonna advance further in the season? I'd say those three teams. I, I think I would say um, probably will at this stage. But, you know, that's no, no. So, so can these Celtics make the leap to contender? I sort of think it's hard for us to do it until we plug that, particularly that rebounding problem. Um, that's a real Achilles heel for us. Um, but that, who knows, you know, we can still be really good and, and in with a chance and it might just come down to a, a shot here or a shot there in a crucial series and maybe we make it and maybe we don't. But we, we've got a whiff to me of those... Um, it's not a perfect comparison, but we've got a whiff of those mid two thousand Suns teams to me. Um, just really like, I mean, they scored a lot more relative competition back then, but they had that similar problem with rebounding. Um, and I, I just sort of feel like we've got a bit of that to us. Um, yeah, and and we know how it turned out for those Suns teams. They they probably could have won, but they didn't. And um, yeah, maybe they would have had some. Maybe maybe their chances, maybe their window would have been extended if they just had a bit. Just you need the pill, man. You need the pill to win. <laughs> it's true. Totally. I yeah. I I agree with you, particularly with the Clippers. I, I of all the teams in the league, I feel like they're the most flawless. And and it's a similar case. You know, I've just been harping on in the last five minutes about how we haven't seen a big enough sample size of our full complement. The same could really be applied to the Clippers, right? Sure. Like it's it's kind of. Of all the other teams other than the Celtics, they uh, are probably, uh, for the most part, in the same boat. The Lakers are very top-heavy. Uh, their top is extremely good, though. They've got you know an all-time, all-time player in LeBron James, who somehow is still seemingly at his peak. And they've got Anthony Davis, who um, is killing it. He just dropped like 50 points the other day. He's incredibly an efficient big man. Um but I feel like the jury is out on them when looking through the lens of, you know, we're looking at all these guys as opponents of the Celtics, essentially. Um, I feel like we have a lot of pieces that will make life difficult for the Lakers. Uh, I feel like we have a, a bit more depth than the Lakers as well, yeah. uh, particularly as guys like Wanamaker and Tice uh, and Shemi emerge as like legit like bench players like there was a huge concern of, of our bench um fr- from us included and you know um the celtics fans everywhere that our, our bench would be our downfall and yet like a lot of these guys have, have really stepped up lately which is really promising especially as we'll you know hopefully be counting on these guys quite a lot heading into the postseason yeah. I was just about to say our, our bench scoring has not excited me at all this season, but now Grant Williams has hit a three. That's all about to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all turning around. around yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you talked about a few minutes ago our, our Google chat. Like, Firstly, you know, a collection of great minds, right? A collection of, uh, of just 
uh, brains trust genius Celtics genius if you ever want to uh, hopefully you know all of you out there at some point can um if we save the transcripts we'll get it uh, just an insight into the, <laughs> I the, never the genius that, that <laughs> I said some dark stuff about some people <laughs> one, one day we'll release the archives to the world uh, a lot of very very advanced stats you know uh, otherwise unquantifiable metrics it's all it's all going on there it's right all now the in our chat here's a stat for you one to twenty six. That is the current Grant Williams three-point NBA statistic. And uh, very sad about it prior to today. But today, very happy uh, along with the Celtics bench there. Brad Wanamaker fainting in the background. Um, in a game that was maybe void of real moments given the opposition, this this was it, really. Like, this was the highlight. Obviously, the, the, the Kemba um, three straight threes towards the end of the game was also up there. But um, Grant Williams continues to flash, I think, a high IQ on both ends of the court. And we saw this like ping pong pass back to Gordon yeah, Hayward for what ended nice. up being open. Yeah. That was freaking sweet. Um, yeah. I feel like I just said everything there is to say. Typically now I would throw over to you guys and say, what do you think? But I, what, I don't know. What do you, what, what do you think? <laughs> what do I think? I love Grant Williams. That's what I think. I think he's a player. I think he's a real a very lovable guy. There's a, I don't know if you got, I, I listened to the, the Brian Windows, Windhurst podcast a lot. And Love oh Wendy. my gosh, I'm actually, you know, I probably shouldn't say this now because maybe one day it will be so important that we can actually get him on the pod. But Tim Bond teams <laughs> drives me at the wall, man. He actually does, eh? And he's like, you know, he's like begging Grant Williams. And I'm like, you know, because he hasn't shot well, which fair play, he hasn't shot well. But it is brazenly obvious that he makes positive contributions when he's on mm. the floor you know um i just i look at that and i'm like you know it's one thing if a national guy sort of overlooks it but bontex's job is to cover the celtics and like the wreckage of the knicks you know like he's sh- you know i just think oh for goodness sakes if you don't appreciate grant williams you don't appreciate basketball there you go i said it it's probably just got a lot of bitterness having to cover the Knicks. <laughs> Can't see the positive side of it. Yeah, just quickly. That's, well, that's a bleak existence. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Jackson. Go on. Su- that would suck, wouldn't it? Sorry, Ben. You've probably been getting this. But uh, while we're on the topic of uh, Grant Williams, uh, Whitetail twenty-seven. I'm sorry, I'm taking over from you here, Ben. Uh, posted John Corrales tweet. Jalen asked about the nicknames that they gave Grant Williams during his ocean <laughs> streak. Yeah, we were calling him Ben Simmons for a while. Oh! <laughs> Zing. Love that. I love that. I wish they'd uh, gone like a little bit more, like a little bit more meta, or just 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 covered it up and like called him like Crocodile Dundee or something like that, just, or, or, oh, or Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I love it. Uh, so just on that, user Zaytoven on the Cavs game says. Feels good to blow out bad teams. I feel like we always play down to bad teams. It kind of speaks to the whole foot on the throat thing that we mentioned earlier where, I don't know, we're definitely doing better than last year's team, right? Where oh, sure. there was definitely oh, yeah. some some deep relaxation from, from everyone in a Celtics uniform throughout this game. But um, they stepped up when they needed to. And that, that's definitely a theme. Even when we've had close games against like the Knicks, for example, in those those final minutes, we've seen the team step up rather than fade away when they've needed to. And that, yeah. that's, that really is the key difference. Uh, user Elite Speak also posted a tweet by the Celtics Stats Twitter account. All five of Boston's starters scored in double figures, combining for 85 points on 62.5% shooting or 12 of 24 from three-point range. Mm. Jalen Brown, 
we've got to talk about Jalen Brown. Literally, the last episode of this podcast was called "Consider Jalen Brown," and and Larbird and I shout out to Larbird thirty three raved on about Jalen Brown for a long time, uh, and here he is again, putting up an efficient twenty points, seven boards, couple of blocks, couple of assists. Um, is this level of play? even surprising from from Jalen Brown at this point because I feel like I'm starting to get used to it I'm starting to get used to it definitely yeah particularly those corner threes I'm just I just believe in them every time they go down um the way he attacks the rim those like those where he'll attack he'll attack the paint and he'll get stopped and he'll do like a a fake he'll turn around step through his turn around step through like he'll do that a number of times and he'll just shake his dude all the time and seem to always hit like a mid-range um yeah no i'm really getting i'm really getting into his game um i think there's going to be a period where he will struggle again just because it's natural and happens over the course of of a season but um based on what we've seen so far and like the the consistent tone that like a a few of our players seem to be setting like particularly haywood you know being injured out for the last month and a half notwithstanding um if he can have that level of consistency or just like somewhere in that in that vein even if it's not spectacular night tonight um it'll be great but right now it is it is borderline spectacular and consistent so yeah i'm 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 loving it um i think stylistically there's been a change um i think he's he's playing stronger and slower you know um and like the way he's scoring lends itself to consistency you know, he's he's beating dudes physically and he's gonna to continue to be able to do that. Um it's it's pretty cool. Um I think he's been our most consistent player this year. And um and I certainly had some doubts about Jalen. Uh, where where is his ceiling? Where is his ceiling? And you know, I, I think he's been better than Tatum this year. And you know, the, there's definitely arguments to make the other way. Like Tatum's net rating is pretty massive. You know, there's got to be something Tatum's doing that really helps the team when he's out there. But um, Brown's been awesome, man. And I just, I just honestly, I love seeing him make layups. <laughs> he had the full on yips last year. He really did. And uh, this year, he just seems, has <laughs> just seems like his, it just seems like his, he's just got less going through his brain. Um, he's doing things with change of pace and getting good body position, dropping his shoulders a lot. He, he's winning the battle to get his shoulders in front of guys. He's not rushing to leave his feet to finish shots. He's just playing like a real pro. He actually, he looks a lot like Hayward out there. Honestly, a lot of the time, his tempo um, is, is a lot like Hayward. You know, Hayward takes that big, strong stride and then slows down. Um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm real... I'm real pumped on how Jalen Brown's gone. He's really popping this year. Yeah, they say life isn't fair, and there's never been a better example of that than when Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have to defend Jalen Brown. That was <laughs> extremely, extremely uh, just way notable today. That's mouse in the house, eh? I, I can't get enough of Jalen Brown in the paint. Like, yeah. Whether it's in transition or the half court, just compared to last year, like you, like you kind of just touched on there, Joe, like his patience and control is ridiculous. Um, I think that's probably the best and most impactful part of his game. And like in earlier podcasts this season, I, I would sort of almost timestamp every time that he got in the paint and would pump fake and, and score on, on much bigger guys. But mm. now we're, we're seeing it like every game, multiple times per game. Like it's just ridiculous. Like the control, like you said, and the and the tempo is just nuts. And he's got this no li- other way of putting it. He's got this little, he's, I've seen him a couple of times. I saw one tonight where he, he'll cross over and he'll do a hizzy at the foul line, or like a stutter step, I guess is the way to put it. I know, uh, I, don't, 
I wish I had the exact terminology for it. Um, and then just boom, and just just drops the hammer and goes to his left hand, and he's finishing that really well. He's just got a lot of got a lot of got a lot of uh, tricks in the bag right now, and um, he looks real. He just looks very polished. So just quickly on Jalen Brown, Reddit user dusting off writes: This is Jalen Brown's best year of professional basketball. Obviously, that is clear, but it's given. I suppose some of the mixed takes, the mixed remarks on Jalen Brown over the years. It's just nice to read that sentence and be like, mm-hmm, sure. Like that totally. is 100% correct. And all the replies to that comment uh, speak to that. We should talk about Campbell Walker a little bit because I suppose we talked about the letting go of the throat, the releasing the the pressure of the foot on the throat by the Celtics. And then Campbell Walker comes in and drains three straight threes. And it was just like, enough is enough. I'm Campbell fucking Walker. This game is over. And that is exactly what happened. But beyond that, I didn't have a lot of notes as I was watching this game for Campbell Walker, because I feel like we're like, we've become quickly used to him being a Celtic and a certain standard, a certain performance from Campbell Walker. He just so quietly goes about his business and his and his production is just is just excellent. And but he always seems to have like that moment, particularly in the fourth quarter, where he just remember the start of the season where he just wasn't getting any points at all, like in the first half or even in three three quarters, and then Ellie would just go up explode for like sixteen or something in the fourth. So he'll always have moments like that. But just the way he's going about his business, like the, those three threes he hit um, today when he came in off the bench, like that just screamed like leader's mentality to me. And he was like him just saying, "Yeah, no, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm wearing this right now." And, you know, it's what you want to see from your point guard. And, um, yeah, you're right. Getting used to him being just really, really good night in, night out. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got no complaints, really. I, I think it is um, the the little asterisk, the caveat, um, is, is, there, is there might be a little bit of flat track bully to him, you know, like against the big teams. Um, maybe he can be taken out of the game, but against the – Against the against the, the weaker teams, he certainly seems to clean up. He's uh, Owen twenty eight against LeBron. I don't know why I brought that up, but that is something that comes to mind every now and then. Take that for yeah. data. Yeah. Suddenly means a lot to all of us. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we definitely saw Kemba get squashed by the Clippers. Kind of hope, and I've got nothing to base this on, but that the return of Gordon Hayward might unlock Kemper again a little bit now, particularly against teams like the Clippers. Um, I, I just feel like they complement each other quite well and aspects of, of Kemper's game that might get taken away by big teams like the Clippers, we can devote to Hayward now. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. I, I do think they have some, some similarities um, in that like they often have sneaky good games where you don't realize... Uh, Kemper and Hayward, obviously, where they, they put up numbers until you check the stat sheet at the end of the game. They kind of have these smooth, quiet, successful games. Um, and, you know, the other similarity that, that similarity that they have is that they're both our, like, savvy vets, whereas everyone else is quite young. Um, so, yeah, Hayward back. Maybe Kemper uh, has a little bit more uh, room to move, a little bit more freedom of movement there. And, um, and we see a little bit more success from Kemper against the big teams. But um, until we face a team like Philly, I guess we, we just won't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Clippers are really—they really do loom large, and maybe that the Clippers are a unique challenge. You know, just the fact that they have three unreal wing defenders. I mean, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head that can throw three elite wing defenders. You know, um, 
and at the time we only we were short a, a ball hanger, you know. So um, yeah, maybe maybe, but um, we'll see. Put it this way, I'm happy he's here. Moving on very quickly, user Solace in the post-game thread wrote, shout out to Daniel Tyus. He's playing so well as a starter, doing all the little things, setting good screens, boxing out, playing good D without fouling, being alert and active on switches, <laughs> rolling hard to the basket, sealing his man on drives, etc., etc. Plus, he's shown he can hit the occasional three, like he did today, for example, uh, in addition to his solid rim running. Um, can we just, like, heap some praise on, on Danny D here for a bit? Because, like, of all the players on our roster beyond the starting five to exceed expectations, um, is is there a better um, nominee than, than Daniel Tice? Yeah, I think he's... He's, you know, we all know he's got he's got his flaws, right? But he's, he's, it's not his fault he's a little, you know? And he is by far our best option at centre. So, good on you, Danny Tice, you know? You know, <laughs> take, he's, he's maximising what he's got. Yeah, he's um he, he he alone maybe not him alone but he's a big reason why I'm not missing Baines as much this year like I, I'm I'm I haven't moved on I keep bringing him up over and over again I just think Baines and this team would be fantastic but I think um he brings a lot of what Baines's game would have been um the rebounding is you know it's it's decent it's not out of this world the he'll hit an occasional three um as long as it's from like the top of the key top of the three that is um and yeah no he's just he's just doing the little things really well so it's um yeah no, I'm glad to see him glad to see him holding the spot down. Hell yeah. Now, quickly, some Reddit shout-outs that we didn't get through to organically in this podcast. User Squim Jim wrote, in the past one games, Grant Williams is shooting better from three than Steph Curry. Not inaccurate. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess a, a group shout-out from obviously us here at the podcast, but probably everyone on Celtics Reddit. Shout-out to Celtics Reddit mod Comp Engineer Barbie for bringing the new flair uh, mm-hmm. I haven't personally, I, I just haven't had the time, but gone in there and like modernized my flair. Guys, have you, have you done that at all? Or do you have like a, a desired flair that you're, you uh, can't wait to, to get in there and activate for your Reddit account? I, um, I updated <laughs> mine earlier today. I read, I looked through them all fantastic, but I couldn't go past seasonally the Grant Williams Christmas candle. <laughs> nice very very modern very on point. i'm rocking that until january probably second or third and then i'll uh, reassess but yeah big shout out we love your work not a big flair guy um, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave the comments to you guys. sorry joe i was joe i was watching your face as i was asking that question i could see your uh your lips curling as i was uh uttering the question so that's cool uh hey but you guys enjoy it all right We'll get you on the flare. We'll get you on the flare. <laughs> I'm like the Jennifer yeah. Aniston in office space. I mean, if I have flair, it's reluctant. Uh, you didn't even I give yourself. It. You didn't give yourself a New Zealand flag during the FIBA World Cup. No, nah, man. I just. I Damn, didn't. dude. Damn. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Not loyal to the soil, obviously. <laughs> Uh, well, look, cricket season's around. Australia are the underdogs, so if you're ever going to get some uh, soil loyalty back, it's uh, it's now clearly. Soil loyalty. <laughs> That's good. All right, can I, I think a, that'll. Can I do one Sorry. quick shout out, Ben? Yeah, yeah, please. Sorry. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking your job again with another shout out. Uh, Use a fortune fox it. three days ago. Jalen Brown on the combo of him and Jason Tatum. We've got a different. We've got different games. It's like fire and ice. And that started a tasty little discussion there, but the one that caught my eye in particular went to Whitetail, 27, again, Jalen, Scorpion Brown, and Jason, Sub-Zero Tatum. Mm. Now, if you don't understand that reference, 
it's fine. I, I don't know if that'll ever catch on, um, but I am well on board with that. I would love to see someone deep fake some Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum faces over maybe the original Mortal Kombat movie <laughs> and upload that. I'll be very grateful if you can. Yeah, I think in, maybe in the offseason we can do a full Mortal Kombat NBA rundown and assign a, a Mortal Kombat character to, to everyone in the NBA. That, that seems like a good way yeah. to, to spend the offseason. Maybe, <laughs> totally. after, we, maybe Danny... after we assign Castle characters to, to sell those players. It's going to be a very busy offseason for us. Signing NBA players to obscure movie characters or video video game characters. All right, I think that's uh, probably going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit podcast. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Guys, just quickly before we go, we've got the brutal back-to-back against Indy and Philly later this week. Indy on the road and Philly in the garden. Quick predictions for those matchups. Two zip. I'm 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 actually really confident. Yeah. Two zip. I think Indy's the trap game. I think the sixes will blow away. Yeah, fuck it. Two zip, right? Let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's see it happen. Get into existence. Okay. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Mm